أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لن تنالوا البر حتى تنفقوا مما تحبون وما تنفقوا من شيء فإن الله به عليم وقال تعالى يمحق الله الربا ويرضي الصدقات صدق الله العظيم Most respected ulama and his beloved brothers Haji Farooq sahab rahmatullahi is perhaps known to many of us Haji Farooq sahab rahmatullahi has been to Peter Marisburg on various occasions He used to stay at the home of Hafiz Qasim Parik sahab And on one occasion Haji Farooq sahab rahmatullahi was in Azadun So they were having breakfast at the home of Mulana Abdullah Hafiji sahab So Mulana Abdul Hamid sahab down barakatuh was also invited for breakfast on this particular occasion So Haji Farooq sahab rahmatullahi whilst he was there Then the two daughters of Mulana Abdullah Hafiji, they came to meet Haji Sahib Rahmatullahi. They were at that time three years old, four years old, very, very small. So they came to make Musafa, to shake his hand. So Haji Farooq Sahib Rahmatullahi didn't shake the hands of these two children. What he did, he took his hand and he placed his hand on the head. And he said that this is the salam of girls. So Mawad Ramid Sahib asked him, he said that, see, these are small girls, three, four-year-old girls. And you're saying that don't make salam, don't even shake their hand. So he said, yes, that is the salam of little girls also. You don't even shake their hands, you place your hand on their head. Then amongst various other things, Haji Farooq Sahib mentioned, he said that, see, there's a consequence and there's an effect of every action. And he said that a husband and a wife, they have made nikah. They are halal for one another. There's no problem whatsoever. In fact, the husband and their wife, when they are intimate with one another, here you're getting great reward in the court of Allah. When Sahaba asked Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Ya Rasulullah, for this action also you get reward in the court of Allah Ta'ala. Nabi Ali Salatu Islam said, if a person went to haram, wouldn't he get guna? So he said, yes, he's going to get guna then. So he said, yeah, yeah, when he's doing it the right way, he will be rewarded in the court of Allah. So Haji Farooq Sallallahu said that although this is 100% halal, and a person is rewarded in the court of Allah, but when the husband and wife, they are intimate, and in that room there is a little child that is sleeping, this has an effect on the child as well. So any good action that a person has, there's a good consequence, there's a good result of it. And any action that is against Sharia, then we find that the consequence also can be disastrous. As Muran Yunus Patel Sahib Rahmatullahi, he was in Stanga on one occasion. It was the last 10 days of the Mubarak month of Ramadan. So whilst he was in Stanga, it is mentioned one brother came and he said that I have a four-year-old child. So he said this four-year-old child that I have, he tells his father that I'm going to shoot you. And he tells his mother that I'm going to kill you and I'm going to hang you up. So he was very concerned that a four-year-old child is talking in this manner. So he came to Hazrat Mulana. So Hazrat Mulana said, I want to see this little child. So this little child was then brought to the Mohinus Patel Sabrahmatullahi. So then after some time, the father, he spoke up and he said, see, we're very, very deeny people. We're very religious people in terms of our salah. We're up to date with our salah. We go out in the path of Allah Ta'ala also. And we got ta'aluk and we got relationship with the mashayikh as well. He says, but this child, generally children are naughty, but this child was a little extra naughty. 
So he used to trouble the mother quite a bit. So what the mother used to do, in order to calm him down, she used to put on the television. And she used to put this child before the television. So as long as he is watching the television, he's cool, he's calm at that time. So what happened all the time, he's been watching all that action, all that fighting, etc. So where did he take him? That now he's telling the father that I'm going to shoot you. And he's telling the mother, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to hang you up. Today we try to substitute. We don't want the children to be on the television. Sometimes we put on cartoons. But we find that generally in all our children, there is this lazy attitude. The children do not want to work any longer. There's always a complaint. School work also, they're not paying attention. Madrasa work also, they're not paying attention. How is it that they have come to this? This is because of all the cartoon characters. This is the effect that it has on a person. All that the West has designed, all this has a great effect and an adverse effect on us. For example, the little children that go to nursery school, the little nursery rhymes, there's also some effect behind that as well. That also has been plotted. For example, we talk about Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall and Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. Who are they referring to here? Here they are referring to Spain, that Allah wa ta'ala had given victory to the Muslims and they ruled over Spain for eight to nine hundred years. So that is Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. And thereafter when the Muslims fell, they were never to rise again. So the Muslims and Islam had fallen in Spain and Islam had never risen again. The Pipe Piper of Hamlet, what is this referring to when he's playing the music and everyone is following him? This is the Jal, that the Jal will come and every person when he will come with his music, everybody will want to follow him. It is mentioned in the hadith, how few people will be protected, Allah Ta'ala save us. That is why many people make dua to Allah Ta'ala. When the time of the Jal comes, we do not want to even see that particular time. So anything that is against Sharia, it has an adverse effect on a person. On one occasion, Ufti Ibrahim Salehji Saab of Ispingo, he mentioned, he said that a person, he wanted to get married. So he went to see a girl to get married. So when he went to this particular home, he was happy, these were Dini people. So he put his proposal that I want to get married here. So the people, they called him up, they said, we accept your proposal, but on one condition. What was the condition of the girl? She put down the condition that you got a business, you run your business, I won't come into your business. I will stay at home, I will look after my children, and you run your business. So he wanted to get married at that time, he accepted. He said, no problem, you stay at home, I'll run the business. Allah wa ta'ala, after some years, Allah ta'ala gave her a son. So this son, she stayed at home, she took care of the son, she brought this son up according to Sharia. After a little while, Allah Taala gave them a second child. When that second child came, now the business also was improving. So the husband said, no, now you must come to the business. So she said that, what was the condition? When you made nikah to me, the condition at that time was, I will stay at home and you remain in the business. But now he had some influence over her, so he said, no, I'm not prepared to accept. You must now come to the business. So she went to the business, she worked in the business. After many years, Allah Taala had given them a lot of assets, a lot of wealth they had accrued. So when they had accrued so much of wealth, so one day the husband says, see, you came and assisted me in the business and see where we have reached today. So the, the wife said, no problem. Yes, we have made a lot of money, we have a lot of assets and we have accrued a lot also. But then, what did you pay to accrue all this? So she told the husband that you hide in one particular room and I want to show you something. You watch when the children come in, I'm going to engage them in conversation. So nevertheless, she hid in one, he hid in one particular room and then the eldest son came in. When the eldest son came in, she started crying. And she says, your father, he is ill-treating me. He is causing so much of taklif to me. So the eldest son, he told the mother, don't worry. You make sabr, Allah ta'ala will reward you. Make some amal, Allah ta'ala will take you out of this problem. So look at the nasihat that he gave to his mother when the mother brought up the child. 
and the sex in the business. So who was bringing up the second child? It was the nanny that is in the house. Today the women want to be career women. All women want to go out, they want to work, they want a good job. Who is cooking breakfast for the child? It is the nanny that is cooking. When the nanny is going to put the first morsel of food into the mouth of the child, is she even going to take the name of Allah Taala? Is she even going to say Bismillah Rahman Rahim? There's no Bismillah that is recited. But the child is just, the food is just stuffed into the mouth of the child. That child, when he starts growing, when the child takes the first few steps, what enjoyment the parents go through, that this child is now walking. But the mother will never, she's out there walking. So nevertheless, the second child perhaps was brought up by the nanny. So when the, when the second son came in, so the mother called him and again she started crying. And what did she say? She said that your father is ill-treating me, he's putting me through so much of difficulty. So now what he did, the second son immediately he rolled up his sleeves and he said, where is he? Let me sort him out. So now he wants to hit the father. So look at the difference. When the tarbiyat of the mother was there and where the tarbiyat of the mother was void, it was absent, what is the result and what is the consequence? So she told the husband, that you, did you see the result at which you have acquired all these properties? Today these are the similar type of problems that we have with our children. In, in India, in a place called Ban, again look at the consequence, look at the action, look at the consequence and look at the effect. In a place called Ban, there was a plot, there was a piece of land. So there was a dispute between a Muslim and a Hindu. So the Muslim said, this piece of land belongs to me. And the Hindu said, no, the piece of land belongs to me. So the two of them, they were disputing who does the land belong to. So the Muslims, all the Muslims, they joined with the Muslim person. And they told the Muslims, they said that, see, they told the Muslim person, see, if we get this piece of land, a masjid here. So the Hindus found out that this is what the Muslims said, that if they get this piece of land, they will build a masjid here. The Hindus said that if we get this piece of land, we will build our mandir here, we will put up our temple here. So this was a personal matter. But what happened? It became now a religious matter. So, the, so one person came up to them, he said that why are you people fighting that here there's a Hindu and here there's a Muslim. Rather take the matter to court, whatever is the decision of the judge, we will abide by the decision of the judge. So the matter was taken to court. When the matter was taken to court, the judge also is in a dilemma. That well, what should I do? That on one side are the Muslims and one side are the Hindus. And if I'm going to rule against one party and in favor of the other party, this is going to end up in war. So he asked them, he said, you all tell me that how should I make the decision? So the Hindus spoke up and they said, see, if you call one person, and that is a Muslim person, Mufti Ilahi Baksh Rahmatullahi. He was a student of Shah Abdul Aziz Sahib Rahmatullahi. So he said, you call him, and if he says that this belongs to the Muslims, then you give it to the Muslims. And if this person says, then you give it to the Hindus. Now this was the justice that was found in the Muslims at that time, the honesty that was found in them. So they called this judge Saman Mufti Ilahi Baksh Rahmatullahi. When he was brought to the court, then they asked him that who does the land belong to? Does it belong to the Hindus or the Muslims? The Muslims knew that we're going to get the land because we're going to build a masjid over here. But look at how he spoke up. He said this land belongs to the Hindus. So then the judge asked him another question. So he asked him, he said that if this land belongs to the Hindus and they want to build a mandir over here, can they build a mandir over here? So Mufti Ilai Bakshi said that any person that owns the land, that is his land, he can build whatever he wants. If it belongs to the Hindus and the Hindus want to build on top of it a mandir, what's the problem? They can build a mandir over here. So the judge made the decision. And what did he say? He said today the Muslims have lost, but Islam has won. The Muslims have lost, but Islam has won. It is mentioned when he made his decision, then the, the Hindus spoke out. They said, judge, you made your decision. Now listen to the decision that we have. So he said, what is your decision? What is your judgment in the matter? So they said that our judgment in the matter is, up to this day, we have heard that Islam is a very, very true religion. And really, Islam is a true religion. But honesty today we have seen. 
all of us, all of us, all these Hindus that are here present in the court today, today all of us have accepted Islam. And on this piece of land, the masjid is going to build, not a mandir. So look, when a particular action is done in accordance to Sharia, what is the consequence, what is the result of this? Hewlett Aluminium today is a multi-billion rare industry. And Hewlett, where did it start? Initially it was in the Tongat area. So in the Tongat area, the owner of Hewlett, he was selling a motor vehicle. Again, look at that action, look at the consequence of the action. He was selling his motor vehicle. So one person, I don't know whether it was Hindu or Muslim, whoever came, he came to buy that particular motor vehicle. So when he came there, he didn't have sufficient funds, so he said that he bargained the price, he brought the price down also. And then he said that I don't have cash, so I'll buy it from you on terms. So the owner of Hewlett, he agreed, he said, no problem, I will sell it to you on terms also, and he dropped the price also. The deal was concluded. The moment the deal was concluded, immediately thereafter another buyer came. And when the second buyer came, he said, I will pay you cash, and I will pay you more than what this person has offered you. He said, I have given him my tongue. That the deal is concluded, I'm going to get less, and I'm going to, I've given it on terms. But the deal is concluded, it is over. He says, thereafter, so much of barakah and blessings he got in his business, that today, Hewlett Aluminium, today is a multi-billion rand industry. So see, when there's an action that is done in accordance to Sharia, what is the consequence and what is the result of that action? And anything against Sharia, the consequence is disastrous. Today in the world, we all want a safe life, we want a comfortable life, we fear all the time that anywhere looting can take place, anywhere we can be robbed. So where do we put our reliance in? Into insurance companies. That today if I have to go to the doctor, I must have medical aid to be covered. Otherwise, how am I going to be covered? In the previous times, our forefathers, they also imported goods from India, from other places as well. So whenever they imported goods, they were also told that insure your goods, so that you do not have a problem in case the ship has to sink or there's a problem. So it is mentioned what they used to do, they used to ask the question, that how much is the premium? How much would be the premium? So they would be told that the premium is going to be 500 rand, or the premium is going to be 1000 rand. So they would take 500 rand, they would take that 1000 rand, and they would give this in sadaqah. And when they give it in sadaqah, they had now the insurance of Allah Ta'ala. They had the protection of Allah Ta'ala. About the goods all came salamati, with safety, all the goods would reach. We find that in various ahadiths of Nabi alayhi salatu salam, that Nabi alayhi salatu salam mentioned that protect your wealth, hasinu amwalakum bi zakat. That with wealth, with zakat, you will protect your wealth. You discharge your charity in the path of Allah. Your sick people, make ilaj of your sick people through sadaqah. It is mentioned in India, when the partition of India and Pakistan had taken place, this was a very crucial time. At that time, people had to just leave all their properties, all their assets, and they had to move over to Pakistan. Whatever little they could take, they, moved, they took that little bit and they moved to Pakistan. It is mentioned there was an arms dealer that was in Delhi. So this arms dealer that was there, he also had to move to Pakistan. He had to, whatever little he had, he had to take the few belongings and move over. But it so happened that at that time, they had ordered a consignment of arms from the UK. So when they moved over, they phoned that company and they said, see, we are no longer in India. We moved from Delhi, we have moved over to Pakistan. So that consignment that you're supposed to send to India, now send it over to Pakistan. The Pakistani government was newly formed. So because it was newly formed, they bought all the arms and ammunition and at a high price. And these people were once again in business again. So what this person said after this, he said, see my grandfather, not about himself. He says, my grandfather, he used to give his two and a half percent zakat regularly. Never did he, never, never did he compromise on his zakat. But besides the two and a half percent zakat regularly, five percent he used to give in lilla. So that lilla that he used to give, that chef, Charity that is to give in the path of Allah Taala. This is the result and this is the consequence that we are enjoying. Once we are in Dar es Salaam, 
So there was some jewelry merchants there, very, very wealthy, many jewelry stores they had. So they explained to us the history. They said, we have come here from Somalia. So he says, when the war broke out in Somalia, he says that we had to move. Overnight, we had to move as well. So he says that we were living in a complex, in a flat. So what we did, we chipped the walls. And all the gold that we had, we put it into the walls and we replastered it. And thereafter, whatever we could fill in a trunk, we brought it and came to the ship. But when the ship was full, they told us that you can't even take this trunk. So he says, all that gold that we had, all that gold was thrown into the ocean. All this down the drain, what is dunya? Today it is there, tomorrow it is not there. So all was thrown into the ocean. But again, this family was such very, very charitable family. How many madrasas they are running in the, in the, in the locations in Dar es Salaam? They are running an entire Darulum there. All the ulama that come from India, Pakistan, they host all these ulama. So in no time, Allah wa ta'ala blessed them again. And today, Allah ta'ala has given them so much more. They say, what we have lost, much more than that, Allah wa ta'ala has given us. So when we put our trust in Allah wa ta'ala, when a person gives sadaqah, then Allah wa ta'ala, you have the divine protection of Allah, you have the insurance of Allah wa ta'ala. Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu ta'ala mentions, he says that there was a woman, she was on the verge of once eating. So to say the food was already in her mouth. And one beggar came at that particular time. So he asked her for food. Normally a person when he's sitting down to eat and a beggar comes, normally a person gets upset. But the beggar came at that particular time and he asked for food. That food was on the verge of entering her mouth. She took the food and she gave it to the beggar. Later on, it is mentioned, Allah ta'ala blessed her with a child. When Allah ta'ala blessed her with this child, one day the wolf came and in the mouth, the wolf now grabbed this child. With its mouth, it grabbed the child and started running into the forest. So this lady is now running behind the wolf and she is asking for assistance. At that time, Allah ta'ala instructs the angel. And Allah ta'ala says, go and take that child out of the mouth of the wolf. And return the child to the mother. And give the mother my salam. And tell the mother that she took out the food from her mouth for the beggar. Today I have protected her child. I took out the child from the mouth of the wolf. How Allah wa ta'ala protects a particular person. In the time of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there was one particular person he spoke to the people. So the people were tired of him. So they came to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They told Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that we are frustrated. We're tired of this man. We want you to make dua to Allah wa ta'ala that Allah ta'ala destroys this particular person. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that you have been sufficed. Meaning your work has been done. This person in other words is going to be destroyed. So this person used to go out and used to cut wood. So he went out to cut his wood and later on in the evening he returned home perfectly safe and sound. No harm came to him. So the people came to Salih alayhi salatu wasalam. They told Salih alayhi salatu wasalam that, oh Salih, that this person has returned home. He is saved. You told us we have been sufficed. So Nabi Salih alayhi salatu wasalam said, but bring him to me. So this person was brought to Nabi Salih alayhi salam. When he was brought there, Salih alayhi salatu wasalam asked him, he said that what good action did you do today? So he said, when I went out to the woods to go and cut wood, he said, I took two loaves of bread. One loaf of bread I kept for myself. And one loaf of bread I gave it in sadaqah. So Salih alayhi salatu wasalam told him he had the bundle of wood that was all wrapped up. He said, open up this bundle. When he opened up the bundle, there was a huge serpent, a huge snake that was there. And this snake was now biting onto the logs that were there, that he had gathered. So he said, today you would have been destroyed. But that one loaf of bread that you had given in sadaqah, through the barakat of that one loaf of bread that you had given, Allah wa ta'ala has protected you. It is mentioned in the Abbas Khilafat in the 4th century, there was a person by the name of Ibn Furad. Ibn Furad was one of the ministers of that time. So he wanted to capture one person, get this person in prison, perhaps it was injustice, oppression, he wanted to get him uh, in prison, and he wanted to seize all his wealth. So when he had this intention for about three days, he seen a dream. And in the dream he sees that he's trying to arrest this person, but he's unable to arrest the person. Then he sees in the dream that he tells his soldiers 
that shoot arrows at this person. But every time they are shooting arrows at him, he defends himself with a loaf of bread. So this minister, he couldn't understand this Ibn Farad. So he called this person up. He says, come up. And then he asked him, that tell me what's going on. How is it that I'm seeing this dream? So he said that when I was a young boy, every night my mother used to keep one loaf of bread at my headside. And in the morning, she used to take this one loaf of bread and she used to give it out in sadaqah. So imagine one loaf of bread, what we will generally regard something that is inferior, something that is trivial, it's not of much value. But look at the barakat and how Allah taba of this and how Allah ta'ala protects a person. So she said that my mother did this until she lived. And when my mother passed away, I would do exactly the same. One loaf of bread I would keep at my headside. When I wake up in the morning, I will give this one loaf of bread in sadaqah. So he said, I will never be able to harm you. I won't, cause, I won't be able to cause any inconvenience to you because of the sadaqah that you are giving. And not only this, but now I have love for you. That hatred that I had in my heart because of your sadaqah, it has changed to love. So this is what sadaqah does, how it protects a person. I will just terminate <coughs> on one last incident of a particular person that this story happened more than 100 years ago. It happened in Saudi Arabia in a place called Tayyib. It is mentioned a doctor, Dr. Saleh bin Salim. He narrated this particular incident. He said that there was a person in Ibn Jad'an that was in Saudi Arabia perhaps more than 100 years back. So this person Ibn Jad'an, he had a lot of animals. These were Bedouins. They used to live out in the jungles. So in the months of spring, he used to go out and he used to watch all the animals that were there. So the animals, those that were the fat camels, big sized camels that had calves, this was the most valuable asset that these people used to own. So when he used to look at them, that such huge camels he has, and so much of milk in the others, so to say that the other is about to explode. And when the baby camel would come, then the milk would just gush out for the baby camel. Such in this, Allah Ta'ala put it into his heart that That you will never attain piety, you will never attain virtue until you spend from that which you love, that which is most beloved to you. If you're able to spend that, then you will get Allah Ta'ala. Greed, if it is in the heart, Allah Ta'ala won't come in the heart. The Mashayikh say that if first greed goes out of the heart, then Allah Ta'ala enters the heart. So he made intention, he said that my neighbor has seven daughters. And he is not such a wealthy person. Let me give this camel to him. He will take some benefit and the baby also he will benefit from. So he gave the camel over to that neighbor of his that had seven daughters. So this person, he derived milk from it. He used to load the camel. And he waited that when will the baby grow up? So I will sell the baby and I will get money from there as well. So nevertheless, very soon the spring months were over and they came to the months of summer. And we know in the Arabian Peninsula, it's extremely hot. So there was no water. So there, were, there are certain places in the desert which is referred to as Duhul. Duhul is where there's holes. So they go into the holes. And in the bottom of it, in catchment, there's like a catchment areas. So there water is held. Water is stored in those particular areas. So this person, he went out with his three sons in search of water. So they came to this area where the Duhul, where the holes were. And he entered that particular area and he went down and he tried to get water. But the first day the children waited, the father never came out. So they waited there for the second day. Second day also the father didn't come out. So he wait, they waited one more day. Third day they waited, father hasn't come out. So the son, they said, let's go home. Let us start sharing the inheritance. Today this has become the reality of life. Somebody has passed away. Hardly the janazah is over. People are already fighting for inheritance. So the same matter we also, they said, let's go home. Let's distribute the inheritance. So they distributed the inheritance. But then they said that the most valuable asset, our father had that camel, he gave it to the neighbor. So they went to the neighbor and they said that this camel, you give it to us and we will give you any other camel in return. 
And if you're not prepared to give this camel to us, then forcefully we will take this camel from you and you won't have anything. So he said, I'll report it to your father. Your father is the one that gave this camel to me. So they said, our father has already passed away. So he said, I am the neighbor. I don't even know about your father passing away. Where is your father passed away? So then he explained, he said that we went in search of water and for three days our father never surfaced, he never came out. So our father has passed away. So he said, take me to that particular area and I don't want the camel, I'm prepared. Here, take the camel. The camel is not, but just show me the area where your father has passed away, where he has entered. So nevertheless, they took him there. So he, he ties himself with a, with a rope and one side of the rope, he ties on the top, where the, the hole, where the hole is. He ties it there, he takes some light and he goes in the bottom. He goes up to the furthest point that he could slide. And when he comes to the furthest point, then he stops over there. He can smell that there's water, there's moisture, but he still cannot see this person. But he hears some sound, a groaning person, a moaning person. So he runs his hand. When he runs his hand, it reaches Ibn Jad'an. So he finds that he is still alive. One week he was underground, he is still alive. So he brought some kajur, some date with him. This kajur, he took the date and he put it into water, he made it moist. And he gave him to drink, uh, to eat the kajur. So he ate the kajur and he carried him and he brought him home. When he brought him home, he asked him, what happened? How did you get trapped in the bottom? So he said, when I went to the bottom, the current was running so strong that I didn't know what to do. So I said that the water is here, I'd rather just station myself here. So he said that I stationed myself in that particular area. He says, I didn't have any food. Initially, I survived on the water, but eventually hunger overtook me. So he says, but Allah Ta'ala's kudrat, when I didn't have food and I was so hungry, I just surrendered myself to Allah Ta'ala. I'm ready for death now. At that time, he says, from the unseen, milk had come out. And hot milk, three times a day, the milk container would be brought to my mouth. I would drink the milk and the container would disappear. He said, this happened for three days. And two, for the last two days, this milk never came back. So then he explained, he said, those were the three days that I was still benefiting from the camel. And two days, your sons came and took the camel away. So that milk that Allah Ta'ala was sending from the unseen, now you were deprived of that milk. So when we put our reliance in Allah Ta'ala, we put our trust in Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will protect our property. Allah Ta'ala will protect everything. Give that amount in sadaqah. Allah will protect our businesses, our motor vehicles, everything. And when a person, he turns away from Allah Ta'ala, now we put our reliance on everything besides Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala also pulls away. And now you have put your reliance there. And that too in the enemies of Allah. And that too in insurance policies that are haram. So where is the help of Allah Ta'ala going to come? Allah Ta'ala give me the tawfiq and all of us the tawfiq of making amal. Wa akhru ta'wana alhamdulillah.